Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. The hottest team in the NBA, not so hot last night. New Orleans begins a three-game road trip out west. They tipped it off with Utah last night, and that seven-game winning streak was snapped as the Jazz take down the New Orleans Pelicans 121-100. to Everything changed there in the second quarter as they locked up to Pels to only 15 points, seized the lead, and really never looked back, especially after that third quarter performance as well. You can't win them all. And we talked about it last week. This team is hot, but fully expect that there's going to be games that they're going to lose, and you're going to go, why? What? How? That's exactly what happened last night. Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company. I'm your host, Raymond Parch III, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined by Miss Hannah Five Names, as she always joins us here in the game studios. Today, we got a tremendous show lined up for you. Ron Higgins from Tiger Details will join us. We'll talk LSU men's basketball, as well as LSU preparing for the Citrus Bowl. Jay Walker will join us at 8 o'clock, the longtime voice of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. We'll talk a lot of hoops with Jay and, as well, the Raging Cajuns football team preparing for the Independence Bowl. And then at 8.30, Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast will join us to talk black and gold, it's hate week because the Saints are going to be taking on the Dirty Birds on Sunday. Only three guests, but we'd love to hear from you. You know that. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. Need to make sure to let you guys know, be safe out there today. We have the bad weather that is projected to come through. As the day progresses from here in the Acadiana area all the way over to Baton Rouge, schools, parishes of schools were proactive and canceled school for today. So please be safe, be careful out there. If you have to be out on the roads today, Make sure you're careful. Remember, avoid low-lying areas. Avoid any high water. And just be mindful of your surroundings. If you want to get a list of school closures in the area, the only thing you have to do is go visit 
1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. We have that all broken down for you on the website to check out. But let's start off with the New Orleans Pelicans today. This was bound to happen. It just was. Seven-game win streak. They won back-to-back games against the Phoenix Suns, a, a perennial power in the Western Conference. They have to go on the road. Still no B.I. And they faced off against a team that, let's be honest, just wanted it more. This happens. Zion had 26 points, nine rebounds, five assists, a couple of steals. He had a a good game, 10 to 16 from the field. He didn't get a lot of help last night. Herb Jones did get back into the starting lineup after missing a considerable amount of time due to injury, but he only played 20 minutes. Six points, no rebounds. Valachunas did not get the double-double like we always expect. He did score 15 points, but he also had three turnovers, only six boards. C.J. McCollum, 14 points, six boards. Okay performance. Trey Murphy the third had one of his worst nights as a pro. 0 for 7 from the field, 0 from 4 from three-point range, zero points. When two of your starting five combine to give you six points, that's usually a recipe of it's not going to happen. And the the depth, the bench that the Pelicans have, they didn't step up either. Larry Nance Jr., Najee Marshall combined for 10 points off the bench, even though they combined to play 46 minutes. They played a ton. Willie Green played a total of nine different players off the bench. Everyone got some playing time. Jackson Hayes played six minutes. Devontae Graham played six minutes. Even Kyra Lewis Jr., who's still trying to work his way back from an injury, he got into the game, played about six minutes or so. So lots of playing time across the board for the Pelicans, but not enough contributions offensively. And and defensively, look, they weren't their best. 121 points to the Jazz. Utah had five, sorry, six different players scoring double figures. So, and Utah is taking, has taken both matchups so far against New Orleans this season. Remember earlier in the year, it was a one-point victory in overtime for the Jazz over the Pelicans. And then a 21-point victory last night. They'll play again in a few days because you get the weird scheduling quirk this year where teams are on the road and they're playing you twice in three days, just like Phoenix played at New Orleans twice. The New Orleans is now having to play at Utah twice in three days. Pels will have to bounce back 
And the thing that stands out to me is that Zion did his thing. The rest of the guys around him had an off night and they lost. And that's where this team's at. Typically, we haven't seen this. Typically, we see everyone else raise their game. Jose Alvarado, Trey Murphy, Valachunas, Larry Nance Jr., Najee Marshall. Someone steps up and says, okay, we're going to pick up the slack. But Trey Murphy gave you nothing. Literally nothing. But still early in the season. And the Pels had a bad night. And that's what it boils down to. They had a bad night. Guys didn't step up, didn't contribute like they typically do. Utah took advantage of it. And really the game shifted in that third quarter. Because it was a close game after one. Utah built up an eight-point lead at the break. And then the third quarter happened. And they expanded that lead, outscoring the Pills 39-26 to in the third. So they seized control of the game in the second quarter, distanced themselves, kept the Pills at bay in the third, and the Pills fought hard in the fourth quarter. Only a one-point differential, but it was already too late because you dug yourself such a hole that it didn't matter. They'll have to bounce back, and they'll have to bounce back in a big way. But this is what makes the NBA season so fascinating. Pels looked phenomenal, winning seven straight. And then they have a dud. And exactly what happened. They had a dud, and Utah took advantage. Still 18-9. and nine. Still atop the Western Conference standings. You do find out yesterday an update on Brandon Ingram, all-star forward for the Pels. His toe injury is going to keep him out at least another week. Andrew Lopez, one of the first to report on this because we kept waiting for when's B.I. coming back, when's B.I. coming back. Got Herb Jones back in the lineup last night, but no Brandon Ingram. Team officials informed members of the media yesterday that B.I. will be out at least another week. It was the eighth consecutive game last night that B.I. has missed. And reportedly during his rehab process last weekend, he was attempting to return to play. He suffered a small setback. Never a good thing. I don't care if it's minor or major. Anytime you have a setback in your rehab process, that's not a good sign. Not a good sign. Supposed to be coming back last week. Now, Andrew Lopez is reporting that the Pelicans did reorder imaging, and while everything remains clear on the toe, showing that it's still just a bruise, they're being ultra-conservative here and going to be very cautious 
with B.I.'s return. He'll be reevaluated in a week, which means he'll miss at least four more games. Pelicans play Utah again on Thursday night and then at Phoenix on Saturday. And then on Monday, they'll be back home in the big blender hosting the Milwaukee Bucks. That's a bit of a tough stretch, right? Utah just beat you. They've gone 2-0 against you this season. You're not going to have B.I. It's going to be in Utah. Then you have to play Phoenix, who you beat back-to-back games at your place. Things got a little testy in the first game. You know they're going to be looking to get back on track and get a little revenge there as well. And then you got to take on the Greek freak and Giannis in the Milwaukee Bucks on Monday. It's a bit of a stretch. Ingram's only played 15 games this season. He has averaged nearly 21, 5, and 4. And he's shooting career best 46.7 from three-point range. But how is he going to look when he finally returns, when he finally comes back? And if you're, they're being cautious with keeping him out of the lineup, he's probably going to have minutes restrictions when he does come back. So probably not going to see a healthy B.I. until after the first of the year. Which, if you're the Pels and you have their depth and it's a long season, we're hitting the third, the first third of the season is in the books, you have some time here where you don't have to rush B.I. This isn't the end of the regular season. You're not trying to secure a playoff spot. You have time to slowly bring him around, but it is something to monitor. He tried to come back last week. Minor setback. They're going to keep him out another week. Then they're going to reevaluate him. So we'll see. We'll see about the health of B.I. The Pelicans' seven-game losing streak is snapped on the road in Utah. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, Carlos Correa, former Houston Astro All-Star, beloved by the fan base, went to Minnesota this year, got a little one-year payday, then said, you know what, I'm going to bet on myself. Well, that paid off. Signs a massive deal with the San Francisco Giants, automatically becomes the face of that franchise. We'll talk about that next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Oh, the game wants to stuff your stocking with a $500 Visa gift card. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes presented by Armitar Jewelers. Simply enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score yourself a $500 Visa gift card. That's right, a $500 Visa gift card. Last-minute shopping, that would come in handy. It's that easy. It's the Christmas Comes Early Sweepstakes powered by Armitar Jewelers and the Game 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Just be careful out there today. Severe weather is expected for our area. 
throughout southwest Louisiana all the way over into Baton Rouge. Right now, there's currently a tornado watch in effect until 1 p.m. this 1 p.m. today, and that includes five parishes, Evangel, Evangeline, St. Landry, Acadia, Cameron, Jefferson Davis. So that kind of corridor between Lake Charles and Lafayette. Once again, tornado watch in effect for Evangeline Parish, St. Landry Parish, Acadia Parish, Cameron Parish, and Jefferson Davis Parish. That includes the cities of Church Point, Crowley, Eunice, Hackberry, Jennings, Lake Arthur, Mamou, Opelousas, Rain, Villeplatte, and Welsh, among others. So make sure you are careful out there on the roadways today. Once again, tornado watch in effect for those parishes. There's also a tornado watch in effect until 1 o'clock today for Iberia Parish as well as portions of St. Martin and St. Mary and Vermilion. Also, tornado watches in effect issued by the National Weather Center in Lake Charles. That includes Lafayette Parish as well. So Iberia, St. Mary, St. Martin, St. Landry, Evangeline, Lafayette, Acad- essentially all of Acadiana, stretching all the way over to Lake Chuck under a tornado watch until 1 o'clock this afternoon. So please, if you don't have to be on the roads today, choose not to be. Stay home with your family. Once again, several parishes opted to close schools today in anticipation of the bad weather from Baton Rouge all the way over to Lake Charles, colleges and universities as well. So make sure you're careful out there today. The New Orleans Pelicans may have had a bad night as they had their seven-game losing streak, seven-game winning streak rather snapped with a loss at Utah. But you know who was a big winner? Carlos Correa. He bet on himself last year. Remember when he left the Astros? He wanted a three hundred million dollar deal. Couldn't really find one. The market was in a weird place, so he signs the deal with the Twins where he could opt out after a season and bet on himself again. And he had a very good season for the Twins. They didn't make the playoffs, but Carlos was good. And what does he do? Well, he gets them the second richest deal of this offseason, only behind Aaron Judge's nine-year, $360 million contract with the Yankees. And you knew the 28-year-old All-Star was going to get paid when Trey Turner commanded $300 million and Xander Bogarts took in $280 million. Carlos was going to get his way. And sure enough, he gets the $350 million deal. But the thing that's intriguing is not the fact that the total deal is worth $350. It's a 13-year deal. Unheard of. Carlos wanted the deal that would keep him in one place. He has a no-trade clause. 
That's his place. He's set. He's got a guaranteed $350 million contract that stretches over 13 years with the San Francisco Giants. No trade clause, nothing. The length of the deal ties Bryce Harper for the longest. Full no trade clause. The 350 is not the surprising part because you thought he'd command th- at least 300 million on the open market during this offseason, the way money's being thrown around, but the fact that he was able to get the 13 years. And no trade clause. So it doesn't matter for the Giants. And the Giants were trying to spend money this offseason. They pursued Aaron Judd, wasn't able to get him. They tried to pursue a couple others. Guess what? They got their guy. An all-star who is under the age of 30. And he's got a guaranteed contract now that's going to have him play until his essentially his mid-40s. $350 million. It's the richest contract for a shortstop in Major League Baseball history. It exceeds the $341 million that Francisco Lindor received from the Mets and the $340 million that Fernando Tatis Jr. got with the Padres. And in the history of baseball, only Mike Trout's $426.5 million deal with the Angels and Mookie Betts' $365 million contract with the Dodgers and Judges exceeded in value. It is the fourth largest contract in Major League Baseball history. The fourth largest. And I keep saying this over and over again. There is stupid money in baseball. For a lot of you that want to talk about the doom and gloom of baseball and that it's no longer the national pastime, there is stupid money in baseball where guys are getting $300 million contracts. You know who's not getting $300 million contracts? NFL players. You know who gets it routinely? Major League Baseball players. Just pointing that out. And look, some people, they're going to be Astro fans that are going to be upset. They were upset that Carlos left even though they found a cheaper replacement for him in Jeremy Pena, the rookie who, you know, only ended up being World Series MVP <laughs> and a gold glover. And look, the Astros wanted to keep him, remember? Five-year, $160 million contract with the Astros. But he turned it down. He's like, I'm worth more. So he went to Minnesota for a year, and now he's got a $350 million deal, 13 years, no trade clause. Sometimes it pays to bet on yourself. Unbelievable. In his one season in Minnesota, Correa hit 291, had 22 home runs, 64 RBIs in 136 games. And the Giants paid him like he's a superstar. Is Carlos Correa a superstar? We could have that discussion. I don't think he is. I think he's an all-star. 
I think he's a star. I think he's a very good player. Is he $350 million worth good? Eh, probably not. But with the market being the way it is, and you got Trey Turner getting $300 million, Carlos is going to get more. That's what's going to happen. Someone's always willing to pay you more money. Be interesting to see what happens now with Dansby Swanson, the former Brave shortstop who's now a free agent as well. All the other dominoes have fell, $300 million, $280 million, $350 million. I don't think Dansby can get that type amount of money, but someone may be desperate now that they missed out on the other shortstops and they're like, here's a check, come on down. So shout out to Carlos. $350 million deal, 13 years, no trade clause. Whew. Giants are a little bit desperate to be relevant again. But Carlos, look, he's got the personality. When everything happened with the trash can scandal, he was the guy that was out front protecting his teammates, talking to the media constantly, right? He showed great leadership during that time, and he was the guy that became the face of the Astros for a little while. I think he can handle the pressure being the, the face of the Giants. We've got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, two surprises yesterday for area high school coaches to the best in our area. Both decide to step down. They're resigning. We'll talk about that next right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Your Alexa or Google Home speaker helps out around the house. It allows you to control your lights, your thermostats, and so much more. But did you know that it can also play the game? Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy, so do the smart thing and have the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you may go. And maybe Santa will bring you a smart speaker if you've been good this year, if you don't already have one. There we go. Just got to make sure to put it on your list and make sure you've been good. You got to be better, some of you. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh, I'm just saying. Yesterday was a bit of a surprise in the high school football ranks here in the area as not one but two great coaches decide, decided to hang it up. First news broke that John Craig Arsenault, longtime Church Point football coach, led them to their first ever state semifinal appearance a few years ago. Always a tough out, always a well-disciplined team that played hard-nosed defense and ran the ball, kind of an old-school mentality. 
that you'd always saw there at Church Point with the Bears. He decides that he's going to hang it up. He retired, decided to step away from the game that he's known and loved for so long. But that wasn't the only surprise that we had yesterday. Trev Falk, former LSU star linebacker and longtime head football coach for Lafayette Christian Academy, who's led them to unprecedented success, multiple state championships. They lost a thriller against St. Thomas Moore on Friday. He decided to step down as well. He's going to pursue interests outside of coaching. So two of the better coaches for two of the better programs in our area, Church Point and LCA, are going to be looking for new coaches. And it's interesting because both led them to unprecedented success. Church Point was always a tough out. LCA became a perennial powerhouse playing for state championships, winning state titles, producing LSU stars left and right. And I think both of those programs are in excellent shape. We've had both coaches on before. Both ran their program extremely well. Whoever they decide to turn to are going to be inheriting two programs that, let's be honest, two of the best now that doesn't mean that there's not going to be changes and it doesn't mean that they're not going to look different or that the programs are going to play different and they're going to be different schemes because it more than likely it will be but a little bit different a little bit different it's going to be weird in the fall not having trev falk out there coaching the lca knights it's going to be weird not having Arsenault out there coaching Church Point. I mean, the man is pretty much an institution there. But both have decided to hang it up. Wish them nothing but the best and wish both of those schools good luck with replacing two very good head football coaches. Once again, Be mindful out there today, severe weather throughout the area. From Lake Charles all the way over to Baton Rouge, we're under a tornado watch for all of us here in Acadiana, all the parishes. St. Martin, St. Landry, St. Mary, Vermilion, Iberia, Acadia, Evangeline, Lafayette Parish. All those parishes that make up Acadiana, all under a tornado watch. A good portion of them are now under a flash flood watch. Storm systems starting to come through the area, starting to hit the Opelousas area as we speak. So please, if you do not need to be on the roads today, once again, massive school closures for a good portion, not only of our area, but of the state, in anticipation of this bad weather cell that's coming through the area today. If you don't have to be on the road, don't be. Better to be safe than sorry when it comes to dealing with the bad weather. 
That's just how it works. Better to be safe than sorry. Some of you have to be out there for work purposes. That means just be extra careful today. That's what that means. Wednesday, we always have fun with it. Because it's the foodie poll question of the week on Wednesday. And, of course, we have our roundtable discussion later on, which we'll have. Didn't have it last week while I was out on Wednesday. So we'll be back with fury today. It's the holidays. And based on the discussion that we had here at the offices, it came to my attention that some of the employees of the game have never had eggnog. Others don't like it. Which I was like, what? How do you not like eggnog? That said, what's your go-to? Your favorite holiday drink? Is it hot cocoa? Is it hot cider? A lot of folks like the cider. Some hot apple cider. That does them. Or is it eggnog? And, And by the way, The eggnog can be with or without bourbon. It's fine. It's just eggnog. (laughs) Or is it other? That is our foodie poll question of the week, which is our poll question of the day on Wednesdays. Miss Hannah Five Names. The poll has been up and about for a while now. Could you give us an update on what the results are And what are some uh, great comments that are already being left on the foodie poll question of the week? So, right now, leading the vote is 46% for eggnog, followed by 36% for other, 18% for hot cocoa, sad, and 0% for hot cider. No one's giving love to the cider yet. No. Mm -mm. It's still early. It's only 646. Anything can be spiked. Or is it called Irish? You make it Irish. Yes. So, John Paul Caden Jadaddy said, beer is a very good Christmas time. (laughs) (laughs) I am sorry. I should be more specific. A nice Irish amber ale is in in a frosted mug with a manger scene. That is my favorite Christmas drink. That is very extra and specific. (laughs) But I love it. I love it. I love it. Continue. Ralph says, I usually fly to New York so I can get a cup of the world's best coffee and then shares a gif of the elf going, you did it! (laughs) But you know they have these, like, kits now where you can make, like, the elf spaghetti? With, like, because of the spaghetti and the the sauce and the syrup, everything. I mean... It's a whole kit. It's a kit? I mean, you can't can't just make your own spaghetti and just pour pour syrup over it? Yeah, when there's the, that guy that like gets this new thing is on TikTok where this one guy goes and he goes, hmm, hmm, and does things so much easier when they're like, oh my gosh, I can't get my shirt because I can't reach it, and the guy just opens, unlocks the door and like gets the shirt out of the car. But they're like trying to do an extra way to figure out a way to get the shirt out of the car when they could just unlock the door and opened it. So he's done that with the spaghetti kit, and he was like, you just just make it. I'm, I'm gonna stop. It. I'm gonna stop you right there. I'll show you later. Don't worry. Who struggles opening up their doors? There's, it's like to get attention because they're dumb and they're looking dumb by like 
instead of hopping over the fence to get the keys that are stuck, they're like trying to go through like the grate to like get to the keys instead of just hopping over the fence or opening the fence. Yeah, it's stupid. It's hilarious to me because I'm like, bruh, you're dumb. Anyways, JBK the OD says definitely other. I enjoy a really good bourbon whiskey sour made with my homemade limoncello. And he then sends, shows us four pictures of limoncello with a little pug in the background. He wins the comments today so far because there's a doggy. And I love dogs. Anyways, <laughs> Justin Robbins says eggnog with whiskey. And yeah. yet no one has said anything about it on Facebook. Yes. Outstanding. Great job, five names. Thank you so much. Outstanding. Great job. We only slightly detoured into something else that wasn't part of the poll question. Well, good good job. Great job. If they don't share dogs, I won't go into a whole tangent about dogs. <sighs> Lots of fancy drinks already been shared on yes. Twitter. I saw these Steve's drink. Salty season has some from like Canada or like France or something. So can- Canada's automatically fancy? Yeah, I feel like they're fancy. <laughs> so for five names, Canada is fancy. All right. All right. So. Yeah. Have you seen? My, my grandmother is Canadian. So she has dual citizenship. So I get to look at her like cards, like her social security card. And they're different. They look fancier. Yeah. It's called, it's from a different country. Yeah. I know. They're going to look different. I know. But Other countries have different currency as well, by yeah, the way. Yeah, but they have, like, not as many numbers. And that mind boggles me. Yeah, it, it boggles. There's a lot of <laughs> boggling going on this morning. It's fine. Keep voting on the poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean. Once again, your options, hot cocoa, hot cider, eggnog with bourbon, or whiskey, however you want to have it. Or you could do other and add your own drink in there as well. We got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number one. Hopefully, our minds will not be boggled to close out our number one. That's next, right here on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Ah, the biggest names in today's music are taking over Gulf Shores, Alabama in 2023. Hangout Fest returns May 19th to the 21st with the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Calvin Harris, Paramore, Little Nas X, and so much more. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, has VIP passes to Hangout Fest. Enter in the Game Rewards Club at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. VIP Gives you access to exclusive viewing areas, stage side pools, hot tubs, and gourmet food. You can live it up like a baller. Hangout Fest is a beach vacation like no other. Find out more at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Hangout Fest. Feels like something Miss Hannah Five Names and her soon-to-be husband could go to have a great time i know he's originally from florida you know making a nice trip go see all the bands who on the lineup intrigues you the most when you saw that lineup because a lot of people are thrilled about the lineup chili peppers paramore little nas x 
Lots of people are excited. Who stands out to you? Who you go, ooh, that's the one I got to go see. Paramore, for sure. There it is. You know, Foot actually got all of them right. He, like, said them all right. He has no idea who anybody is. <laughs> but he said all the names right this time. He was so excited to talk about this live read. Loved it. If, if it was something like if Captain and Tennille was on there or something like that, an act from the 70s, he'd be more excited. Yeah. He read Calvin Harris, and he's like, oh, like Calvin Hill? I don't know who that is, sir. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> the hunky cat. <laughs> Mountain John was no. the same as Doja Cat. Nah, no. Nope. No, mm-hmm. no, no. There's none Sorry, of that. Sorry, bud. No, there's none of that. There's none of that. Sorry. But great deal for the VIP passes for Hangout Fest. I mean, exclusive areas, the pools, the hot tubs, gourmet food. I mean, you can live it up at Hangout Fest because – Thousands of people go to that thing, and a lot of folks are just like general admission. You're going to be kind of like behind the rope, so to speak, So with the VIP passes. So that's absolutely phenomenal. Hour number one has come to a close. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. What's your go-to? What's your favorite holiday drink? Is it hot cocoa? Is it hot cider? Is it eggnog? Or is it other Go vote. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Half an hour from right now, Ron Higgins is scheduled to join us from Tiger Details to talk all things LSU. But we'll take your phone calls to start off hour number two. Hotline's 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to RP3 and Company right here on The Game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers in Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Welcome back to RP3 and Company. We're keeping you up to date on the latest with the severe weather here. Once again, if you're just now tuning in, we have a flash flood warning in effect for Acadia, Avoyles, Evangeline, Parishes throughout the area. We also have a tornado watch in effect for all of Acadiana, all the way stretching over to Lake Charles until 1 p.m., But right now, just found out in the last 10 minutes or so that St. Landry Parish is under a tornado warning. Not a watch. Tornado warning for St. Landry Parish right now. So, once again, tornado warning in St. Landry Parish. Tornado watch for all of Acadiana until 1 p.m. We also are currently having a flash flood warning for Acadia, Avoyles, Evangeline, Jeff Davis, and St. Landry Parishes and flood watches for the rest of Acadiana, stretching all the way over into the Lake Charles area as well. So severe weather is hitting our area today. 
tons of school closures. Those decisions were made yesterday, so not only for public and private schools in our area, stretching all the way from Baton Rouge to Lake Charles, but also colleges closing up shop for the day as well because of the severe weather. So if you don't need to be out on the roads this morning, we recommend you don't stay at home, be safe. But if you do have to be out on the roads for work purposes or for emergency, just make sure that you're being careful and that you're being mindful of your surroundings. Avoid low-lying areas. Avoid high water. And just be careful and be mindful of everyone else on the road as well. We've touched on a slew of different topics this morning. The New Orleans Pelicans saw their seven-game Winning streak gets snapped on the road at Utah as the Jazz seize control of the game in the second quarter and then distance themselves in the third. No Brandon Ingram as well. Zion led the way for the Pels, but not enough other guys stepped up offensively, in particular Trey Murphy, who scored zero points as a starter. The winning streak is snapped, and we also find out that Brandon Ingram's return is being delayed by at least a week. He will be reevaluated for the bruise on his toe a week from today. And then they will make a decision whether or not he's going to be ready to come back and play or not. They're just being overly cautious, according to ESPN's Andrew Lopez, about B.I. and not wanting to rush him back. And look. If they want to make a playoff run, they're going to need a healthy B.I. out there. So I understand their caution and their desire to be that way. It makes a lot of sense. They'll get another chance at Utah, who's beaten them now twice this season in their first two matchups. They'll play again on Thursday. And then it's a tilt with Phoenix at Phoenix on Saturday and then back home in the big blender on Monday versus Milwaukee. So... They got a bit of a tough stretch right here for the New Orleans Pelicans. Carlos Correa, yesterday, former Houston Astro All-Star Rookie of the Year, a guy that helped them win a World Series championship in 2017. Remember, he turned down the Astros offer a year ago, wanted to get a massive payday with a lot of years on it, was unable to find that, so he signed a very player-friendly contract with the Minnesota Twins, played a season for them, then put himself back there on the free agent market, and it paid off in a big way. $350 million contract for Carlos Correa. 13 years, $350 million, and a full no-trade clause. The face of the San Francisco Giants is now Carlos Correa. Yesterday was also a busy day here in Acadiana as not one but two very good high school football coaches decide to hang it up. Coach Arsenault with the Church Point Bears decided it was time to step away from coaching after a lengthy career filled with plenty of victories, district championships, and playoff wins. And a little while later, the news breaks that Trev Falk, former LSU star linebacker, who's been a mainstay for the Lafayette Christian Academy Knights program, decided to step away and pursue other interests that don't result 
in coaching. So two of the best programs, two of the best RAN programs in the area will be looking for new coaches this offseason. But both of those programs are in tremendous shape, whether it's LCA or Church Point, and wish both of those coaches nothing but the best in their future endeavors. But it's Wednesday, and it also means we have the poll question of the day. And on Wednesday, it's our foodie poll question of the week, and this one stemmed from a conversation with Miss Hannah Five Names yesterday where she informed me she didn't dig eggnog, doesn't like it. You gave a yuck face to it. There it is. There it is. But the fiancé, he drinks it. Yep. There we go. So that prompted us, okay, well, what's your go-to drink for the holidays then? Is it eggnog with bourbon whiskey or not? Is it eggnog? Is it hot cocoa? Because that's Hannah's favorite. With marshmallows? Mm -hmm. Oh, there we go. Or is it hot cider? Or other? Some of you apparently have enough time to make your own drinks (laughs) and to create your own cocktails, which we've already found out from some of the comments. Shout out to you guys for having that kind of time. But what's your go-to? What's your favorite holiday drink is it hot cocoa is it hot cider is it eggnog or is it something else that's our foodie poll question of the week where do we stand on our results and do we have any new comments on twitter and facebook to share with the people miss five names so i guess because i saw about how i love hot cocoa so hot cocoa is leading at 44 percent it is in a tie at 28 percent with eggnog and other and still no love for the hot cider I don't like the hot cider. No love for cider. No. Dat Cajun says eggnog is for serial killers. <laughs> I don't know if I'm about right, right, right then. All right. And B-Rad. I love how Brad changed his name to B-Rad. Aha. Ha, says it depends on what kind of weather we're having. In cold temps, it's hot cocoa. Warm temps, it's half frozen Coke in the Santa cans. The Santa cans, too, come out when it comes to Christmas time. You do know that the Coca-Cola inside said can does not taste any different. I know it doesn't, but it makes it cooler because it's Santa cans. <laughs> just, I'm just point, just pointing out. You can just, point out all you want. Oh wow! Does not wow. mean the saltiness. Your 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 choice for the poll question of the day is leading the the results now. It is, and yet you're salty Woo-woo. over there. Oh look, Ton Ton just came just in time. He says spiked hot cocoa, other either homemade with chocolate liqueur added or heat chocolate liqueur and add Swiss Miss. And for our younger listeners, Daddy's hot chocolate medicine. So I didn't even realize this was a thing. You can spike your hot cocoa? Yeah, you can spike anything. Well, that's true. So like if I wanted to spike hot chocolate, I would probably put like Bailey's in it. Or I would put this new um, tequila rosé. It's like a strawberry cream. It's like, it's like strawberry milk. Why do we have to flavor tequila? Can we have a conversation about that? Yolo. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. No, but you make, I make hot chocolate fancy, and I put, like, 
on so, the glass, I'll put chocolate syrup, and then I'll make my hot chocolate, and then of course you I do. will put whipped cream on top of it. Uh, of course you do. So what you're telling me, what Ton is telling me, yes, is that I essentially can take an Irish car bomb and make it into like a hot cocoa drink. I guess. You don't know what an Irish car bomb is, do you? I feel like I've had one. Someone told me to take it, but I was already like not there anymore, so I don't remember what it was. <laughs> uh, I used to, I used to have some fun back in the day with Irish car bombs. Yeah, I usually just stick to Smirnoff and uh, <laughs> get a pint of Guinness. I see, I don't like beer. No. Oh, mm-hmm. there it is. But then you drop your shot glass inside of that. Yeah, it makes with sense. a little Bailey's too in there, and it all just kind of starts foaming up, and then you just chug it. It's which, which, which I found out the little medicine cups you get when you get like medicine for yes. like your kids, don't use that to do your shot and drop it in there. It doesn't go anywhere; it just floats. Yeah, because it's plastic. Yeah, oh, someone watched TikTok and somebody did it, and they're like, "Oh, well, this failed." <laughs> it needs to be glass. It needs to be heavy so it'll sink a little bit. Yeah. There you go. There I have go. the the like. 72 cents at Walmart ones that like also is just regular just teaspoons to put like vanilla extract and stuff in it. Oh, of course. I use that as my shot glass. Absolutely. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. A doll- $2 for a little shot glass instead of like, so all the one it was like $5 for like a shot mule thing and it was like Christmas themed. Yeah, I was like, nah fam. 72 cents right here. Let's get it. The things that you are so proud of is adorable by the way oh yeah my my family was so proud of me i was talking about oh i got 72 cent thing of macaroni and cheese and then i put it with this and it's only like five bucks for the whole dinner and they're like wow i was like i'm excited yeah they weren't proud of you (laughs) (laughs) that that's called oh bless her heart mockery that's what that is yeah they're like look at hannah trying to so you buy time out time out you buy 72 cent macaroni and cheese you buy store brand macaroni and cheese we did once to try it to see if oh, it was no. good no it's not good it's not it was it's all not. right had no, it some grilled chicken no it's not no it's not you were just poor and tried to make yourself believe that it was good and in fact it is not good there are things you don't skimp on five names in life you don't buy cheap toilet paper boom and you don't buy cheap macaroni and cheese we usually get Velveeta. We decided we we're going to try it to see if it was good. Because I try, I had can tried Velveeta one time, and we began our relationship. And now the man like lives and dies by Velveeta macaroni and cheese. Yeah, but you don't buy the cheap. Don't buy cheap. Don't be cheap. There's certain things you can be cheap with. Five names: macaroni and cheese, toilet paper, are not those things. Okay. Tell me you understand. I understand. Tell me you understand. I like experiments. I understand. Oh, you do like an experiment. That's why you work here. Yes. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Do we have any hot cider lovers out there? (laughs) None yet. There's no votes yet. No (laughs) votes yet. So go vote on our poll question of the day. What's your go-to, your favorite holiday drink? Is it hot cocoa? Is it eggnog? By the way, shout out to Blaine Viator. He makes his own. My man makes his own eggnog from scratch. That's a boss move. Is it hot cocoa? Is it eggnog? Is it hot cider or is it other? Go vote on our poll question of the day, which, of course, on Wednesdays is the foodie poll question of the week. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. We got to take a timeout. We'll take your phone calls.
I'm going to get those in before the Mad Dog joins us in about 15 minutes from Tiger Details. Now's the time to do it. Game hotline's open, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. You're listening to The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. You know how some fellas don't care how they look? I mean, a few of you are rocking sweatpants that haven't been washed in days. Ew. Not to worry, my dear unkempt friend. RP3 and company is a judgment-free zone. Hell, sometimes these guys don't even wear pants. I would like to extend to you an invitation to the pants party. Excuse me? The party. The pants with the pants. Party with pants. Now back to the hopefully fully clothed RP3 on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Looking for great stocking stuffers for this holiday season? Then look no further than the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. As a member of our rewards club, you're going to have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen, also located there at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can have a great time at either establishment these make great stocking stuffer ideas, but you got to become a member of our clubhouse. Go visit 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Sign up today. It's simple, it's easy, and it's free. And then you'll have the chance to score yourself great gift certificates to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse or Mabel's Kitchen, both located inside Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can only win them. If you go sign up today for our rewards club, go do so at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Right now, it's time for us to head out to the hotline and welcome on Jamie. School's out today, so he's Jamie. If school was still in session, he'd be Mr. Green. Good morning, sir. How are you? Good morning, Mr. Sir. Doing pretty good. Enjoyed uh, listening to uh, Bing Crosby's White Christmas there as the rejoiner. That's always uh, a nice treat. Oh, Shout out to Five Names for playing the Christmas music, bud. Got to give her the credit. She's got good taste. She's got good taste in music. She's got good taste in the fact that she doesn't like eggnog. It's it's good stuff. Well, got some tough news for you here, Jamie. First of all, I gave her the list of music to play. So let's start there. That happened last year because it's just in a folder that she moved over. So let's not let, let let's not tell her how extraordinary she is. And second of all, second of all, it was great talking to you. Your hatred for eggnog will not be tolerated. I will not tolerate the slander against the nog, Mr. Green. <laughs> okay, but I have, a, I have a reason. I have a reason for it. Oh, you, oh okay, so what much, you got? It's not so much that eggnog's nasty or anything like that. I can't have eggnog because I'm allergic to egg. There so it is. I can't drink the stuff. Okay. So I have to say I don't but I am calling to put my vote forward for hot cider. Did you actually vote? Did you actually did. cast the vote? Yes. Oh, hot I cider. Am, I am the one person who voted hot cider, and here's why. So, uh, and I love hot chocolate. 
and Tom's Hot Chocolate sounds amazing. I'm going to have to try that later because they make, well, hopefully my Baptist friends won't hear this. Anyway, they make chocolate liqueur, Bailey's does, and it's not Irish cream. It's actually chocolate liqueur. It tastes like chocolate as it is. So it's just an extra velvety taste, I guess. So I'm going to have to try that. That sounds amazing. But anyway, growing up for Christmas, my dad would always make homemade hot chocolate. Like, that's what he would do. He'd get the Hershey's cocoa out, sugar, the, right, milk, and he'd make it all up. That was our Christmas treat. Oh, nice. That's nice. One one year, we didn't have hot cocoa. We didn't have cocoa to make hot cocoa. But we had, uh, back in the day when Walmart sold, you know, apple cider by the gallon, we had some of that. So he's like, well, I'll just heat some of that up, and I'll add a little bit of spice and everything else. And it was amazing. Like, fans think fantastic amazing and so from that point it was love hot chocolate but love hot cider a little bit more. see and i so appreciate your honesty and by the way while you were discussing that hannah five names was making a puking face so that tells you how much she respects your decision to vote for hot cider bud that's okay uh, uh, you crushed jamie music it's the one that you chose the music. Now we can say that you're the one with good taste because you can appreciate the hot cider and she can. I do like you know hot what? cider. Technically, that folder is a made up by all of us. <laughs> and Snow Miser has only put in last year because my favorite Christmas movie besides the Edmund Otter drug band Christmas. So, well, it's technically not a movie. It was a television special. So, television's different than the cinema, by the way. They're two different entities, in case you were wondering. When they have their own Did they teach you that at Slidell High School? When they have their own DVD, it's a movie. (laughs) I mean, at least it's not the Star Wars holiday special. Yeah, no, no. I'm good. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Jamie, uh, appreciate the phone call, bud. Always enjoyable chopping it up with you. Be careful out there today, okay? Yes, sir. Thank y'all so much. Mr. Five Names, I'm going to send you a, a, a YouTube link to check out for music. All right. Oh. Y'all have a good day. You too, bud. Yeah, he's at 2.9%. It was his one vote. His one vote has got has got cider rolling. It's going to be a massive comeback here on RP3 and Company on the foodie poll question of the week. Are you done now? I you, do, you done making all the faces and all the sounds? I can make whatever face that I would like to. Because I'm allowed and entitled to my own face. That's correct. I have an idea for a poll question for tomorrow. Oh, no. And it involves you, but I'm going to keep it. Oh, great. And I'm not going to make the decision whether or not to have it until we show up tomorrow. Oh, okay. So, that should be good. Yes. World Cup going on, semifinals. We had the first one yesterday between Argentina and Croatia. And Messi, well, magical. A sensational penalty kick in the 34th minute. That put them up 1-0. And then Julian Alvarez scores two more goals. By the way, This was seen on social media yesterday. I think it was like 10 years ago. Alvarez got his picture taken 
with Messi when Alvarez was a kid. That's that you know this is Messi's going to be probably his last World Cup. Takes a picture with his childhood hero, and then ends up scoring a couple goals with him in a World Cup semifinal game. That's pretty cool. Just pretty cool. But Argentina, who was one of the betting line favorites before the World Cup began. Remember, they lost their opening match. And Messi said yesterday that that actually helped them. That made them better. That helped them. Because that kind of forced them to reset and refocus on what they needed to do. And they've been pretty much lights out ever since winning yesterday 3-0 over Croatia. They advance to the World Cup final. They're going to be waiting the winner of the other semifinal, which features France. And Messi, likely his last World Cup, is trying to get Argentina to win its first World Cup since 1986. Now, they've won it twice, 78 and 86. And standing in their way now is either going to be France or Morocco. Morocco, one of the surprise teams in this World Cup. Those two will play today in the other semifinal. And then the actual final match of this World Cup will take place on Sunday. Messi trying to submit his legacy as possibly the greatest of all time. And winning the World Cup, especially at his age, finally would be a phenomenal accomplishment. So we'll see if the man who rocks number 10 can get the job done. And look, if you're wanting to check out the other semifinal today, between Morocco and France, guess what? You can do so courtesy of your friends here at Delta Media because World Cup semifinal between France and Morocco is set for today, and you can watch it on Delta Media's Telemundo Lafayette free over the air on KLWB Channel 50.3 and Cox Channel 19. For our friends over in Lake Charles, guess what? You can watch it today free over the air on Channel 19.2 and Suddenlink 137. That's thrilling World Cup action, courtesy of Delta Media. we got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll talk all things LSU with the Mad Dog, the award-winning reporter columnist from Tiger Details that covers all things LSU. Ron Higgins is scheduled to join us next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Half the week is in the books, which means it's time to talk Bayou Bengals with Tiger Details columnist, the Mad Dog himself, Ron Higgins. Here is Hold That Tiger on RP3 and Company. Mad Dog, good morning to you, brother. Hope you're being safe out there today with all the bad weather projected to come through our area and all the way over to Baton Rouge, my friend. No, I'm going to be really stupid. I'm going to go do a film shoot this afternoon in New Orleans. So, yeah. I'll be, I'll be yeah, but, but you know what? It's all going to blow away. And then Saturday morning, I get on a cruise. Oh, oh, brother. How long, uh, how many days are you doing the cruise? 
It's a four day. No, no, yeah, it's it's a four day. Yeah, Saturday through Wednesday. Yeah, that's four day. Oh, so just long enough to so so relaxation in, then then go back and you know get ready to uh, bowl game LSU SEC basketball schedule starts in a couple of weeks. Kind of transition more into basketball, but uh, yeah. So it's uh, hopefully uh, I won't get blown away in Chalmette, Louisiana, doing fil- uh, film stuff today. So we'll see what happens. I mean, look, Chalmette, things can get sideways in a hurry, bud. So you need to be more worried about other things than <laughs> getting blown away in, in Chalmette. Yeah. No, you're, yeah, yeah you're, you're also speaking to someone who, uh, as a kid, lived on the West Bank and, you know, Chalmette folks thought they were better than the rest of us that lived, you know, more in Marrero and Harvey. Um, <laughs> but I digress. I digress. So what do you make? We didn't have a chance. Uh, the, I didn't have a chance personally to speak with you last week on the air. So I want to get your thoughts. The guys that have entered the transfer portal, who's been the most surprising you? Who's surprised you the most for LSU? And uh, or are you not surprised at all? They really haven't been anybody yet, really. Uh, uh, they really haven't been anybody. But I've looked I mean, people who've gone in or in there, and, and nobody's really surprised me. And I don't see. I mean, the people you figured would be in there are in there. Uh, I guess Jerry James just got tired of being at LSU for so long, and and wanted to go in, into the portal. Uh, and then part me into uh, into. Commit to the NFL, or because I mean, I, uh, I think you'll have a good NFL career, pretty good. I mean, but the thing is, right now he's not even rated highly as a, by NFL scouts. But that's the thing about Jerry Jenkins. You, he don't look like much, but he just makes plays, uh, and he'll join the uh, you know the crew. Of, I think he he can join the crew of LSU NFL receivers, which last week, by the way. Uh, last week in LSU, five, I think five LSU receivers in the NFL combined for, I think, 27 or 29 catches for 475 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, we spend so much time talking about how LSU's DBU, but it's really wide receiver U as well. Oh, it's, it's, every weekend, it's just phenomenal. It's, it's Chase, it's Jefferson, Russell Gage gets some stuff from there. Terrence Marshall is now starting action for the, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, uh, yeah, you're starting to see uh, all those people contribute. But last weekend was like off the hook for Chase and Jefferson. I mean, Jefferson had 12 catches for 240-something yards. <laughs> they lost. And they lost. And they lost pretty they handedly lost. as well to, yeah. to, to the Detroit Lions. Uh, Jenkins is in the portal. I was a little surprised by Jack Besh. Things did not go his way this year, right? I, they bring him to SEC Media Days, but then he has the ankle uh issues or the shin issues right during camp and that put him behind the eight ball and then he had the miscues on special teams and he never seemed to get his confidence back and then he got kind of lost in the in the log jam at wide receiver um were you not surprised at all by the fact jack decided to enter the portal not at all not a lot he just he's had a he had a rough year man this was a rough year like you said he got hurt early uh and never kind of got back into it and uh you know had special team problems. Look, wherever he goes, he's going to be great. Honest to God. I mean, he's a really good football player. But sometimes you feel like you get a fresh start somewhere and you uh, you feel like you're not getting the, you know, the 
in the rotation like you want it to want to be, and you know you can go somewhere else probably and, and get a bunch of snaps. And, and I think that's his hope. And there's not a person on that football team doesn't like and respect Jack Bitch. Uh, and I know it was probably a tough decision for him, but he had to do what was, was best for him. And wherever he goes, he's going to catch a bunch of footballs, and that coach and team are going to love him too. <laughs> they really are. The guys that declared for the draft, you know, B.J. Ojolari, Jay Ward, you mentioned Jeray Jenkins. Uh, those are all kind of the, the usual suspects, right? We don't expect to see any more guys declare for the draft and opt out of the bowl game? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for Roy on defensive line to, to do something. He might. Uh, but it's, I'll tell you what, LSU's got a – so far when you look around compared to other teams, LSU's got a, a, a pretty good retention record of a guy who want to play in a bowl game. I mean, I mean just the, I guess there's just the shock of Kayshawn Bouquet coming back. Uh but somebody must have, you know, came through with a bunch of NIL money. That's all I can think of. Uh, and, and maybe he, you know, he was still projected for the first round. Maybe he dropped some. Uh, maybe he wanted to the year, with, you know, uh, at LSU working with these quarterbacks. I mean, whether Daniels is back or not, or I mean, whoever's going to be back, quarterback or quarterback. Uh, I mean, he's probably nothing against Daniels, but he's probably related to see Nussmeyer in the game because Nussmeyer loves throwing a booty. I mean, loves it. Uh, in, in the SEC game, he just, he just starts hooking up with him. Like, this is a guy I like to go to. Uh, but I don't, I don't know how much many more they, the affections they got. I mean, they're basically right now, they're, you know, they, they've offered like four or five transfers and uh, uh, then they got 23 committed for next class and they have a, uh, some five stars out there that all, all defensive backs that they hope to get the commitments from the next few days. One of them is going to commit today. Uh, Jay Gunn to Taviano of uh, Arlington, Texas, a five star. Uh, you know, she's a heavy favorite to get him 65 cornerback out of Arlington, Texas, uh, rated number 25th player in the nation by, uh, rivals. So, uh, I think right now they're more concentrated on basically bowl practice. And of course, the transfer portal is hot and heavy. This is a crazy thing. It's, it's funny how college football, how the February signing appears is kind of like a, a, a cleanup. <laughs> and, and and this is like a all these worlds converge together. If you're, you're preparing for a bowl game, you're uh, looking at the transfer portal, you're re-recruiting your own players to come back and play, and you're trying to lock down these high school commitments and sign them. So, uh, yeah, it's this is it's, December's kind of gotten kind of crazy. It really has. It, it's it's absolutely bananas because you're preparing for a bowl game and you got the early signing period and you have the transfer portal. It, it's absolutely crazy right now, Ron. We're talking with Ron Higgins, the Mad Dog, the award-winning columnist from Tiger Details here on RP3 and Company, uh, Ron. You, you mentioned Jaden Daniels. Uh, look, he doesn't get the ball down the field like some of those wide receivers would like. We know what Jaden can do and what he can't do. When do you think he's going to make a decision on whether or not he's coming back or not? And if he does, 
is the job still his or do you think brian kelly's gonna say hey you know what we're gonna have some competition here with nussmeyer and walker howard as well in the spring i think there's always competition for that but i think once it gets out of season there's competition i think once you get in the season you're pretty much locked in unless you really really screw up badly uh because coaches really they don't like to change quarterbacks in season unless the guy is so highly ineffective it's going down the drain and he was he was never really that way this year uh uh he got better as the year went along uh you know and, and late in the year got banged up some uh you know he's a gutty guy man uh you know he he would love to finish the, the Georgia game, but I mean, it, the smart thing they would sit him over there and let Nussmeyer come in and start winging it downfield. Uh, Nussmeyer is kind of like your the guy that the, the NBA inserts when you're 20 down to start the fourth quarter. <laughs> he just starts throwing bombs. You know, here we go. That's going up. Uh, but I think they, they might have a competition. I, I really believe it. But I, 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 I know. Kelly doesn't like status, status quo. He always likes competition. I think there'll be some competition in the spring if, if uh, Daniels comes back. I don't see any reason that for Daniels to go pro. He's not rated very highly. Uh, or, he, or he might look at it this way. He might say, you know what? Uh, I don't know how much higher I can be rated next, even ne after next year. And I need to save him where it's in, where and tear my body. So why not just go down and roll the dice and if it doesn't work, I'll go play Canadian football. You know, he's the type of guy that really right now he he fits Canadian football league rather than 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 the NFL. Uh, but he may come back another year. You know, he might say, "I want to win a, I want to win a championship." You know, he, he may do that. You know, uh, you don't know these guys, and or he and he also may enjoy playing for LSU and and, and being in Baton Rouge. What's the biggest? position of concern for them during this transfer portal and recruiting season is it defensive line and defensive back yeah i'd say so i say exactly it more defensive linemen uh and uh more defensive backs because you're losing you know they have, you got a lot of these guys who came in this year for one year only uh and they're, they're gone and so you're looking for for new blood and you know they, they want some depth along the defensive line and maybe some, you know, some sort of offensive line too. I think probably both sides of the line on the on the line, and, and probably defensive back be the concerned areas. Yeah. Let's switch over to the hardwood men's basketball team. I, I know they haven't played a ton of world beaters. I, I get that. I, I look at the schedule, and you know, the team they played last night is not necessarily going to you know help the old RPI. I understand that. But I can't help but not be impressed, Ron, by the job Matt McMahon's done in year one by essentially having a bunch of guys that are playing in the SEC but are really mid-major players, putting it all together, inheriting the mess that he did after Will Wade. And he has this team playing extremely well as they near conference play. I know it's going to be a different beast once they get to SEC play, playing Kentucky and Tennessee and Alabama. I get all that. But – how big of a deal is the start to the season for this team that's just finding ways to win games? I think the best thing about watching this team is that they, they don't beat themselves. Uh, they don't make a ton of turnovers. Uh, they don't do a lot of stupid things, which, you know, 
was the MO of Will Wade's teams who were much more athletically talented than this team, but, you know, would check out on defense on three-point line, turn, turn the ball over, just walking down court, couldn't get a ball in on the inbounds pass. Uh, this team actually scores off the inbounds plays. It's, it's, uh, they execute really well. They don't, they don't do too many things to really beat themselves. They're not a very flashy team. Uh, uh, but they run an offense. They move the ball. Uh, do they have some deficiencies? Yeah. I mean, but you know what? He's starting to change his lineup around. He, and he's finding – he's getting down to the nitty-gritty. He's finding his five best guys and putting them on the court and just kind of rolling the dice with his bench. You know, that, that some coaches do it differently. Some coaches feel like you need uh, really one or really two guys off the bench to, uh, to, who could start – but you put them on the bench because you need their scoring off the bench to kind of balance the scoring, bench scoring, and, and as much as you can with your starting lineup scoring. But uh, you know, putting Derek Fount in the lineup two games ago, the Mississippi State transfer has proven uh, to be a, a winning move. And this guy's a lot of energy. He's relentless on the boards. Uh, Cam Hayes, a North Carolina State transfer guard. Uh, has hit some big threes. He started last night for the first time. Uh, so, I mean, the last two games, McMahon finally broke away from the starting lineup he had for you know, until then. Uh, and I think he's, like, again, like he said at the start of the season, who starts the season as a starting lineup initially doesn't mean who's going to be starting at the end of the season. Uh, I, I think you're starting to see that. Uh, I still think they're going to have trouble in the, in the SEC against the really good teams. They they start with Arkansas at home, then they play Kentucky on the road. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, my biggest concern is maybe against the really good teams that uh, they won't rebound very well or they won't score inside very well. But Fountain has done so much of that in the last couple of games, especially against uh, you know Wake Forest wasn't a bad team. They're ACC team, you know, and that's. It's kind of a notch in your gum belt. They're not a great ACC team, but they're still an ACC team. And then LSU won that game. And LSU, look, they could easily be undefeated right now. I mean, and they, they lost a controversial game in the islands, and they could be undefeated. And, yeah, they haven't played anybody besides those two teams, and that kind of worries you going into SEC play. And they got uh, Wofford Saturday at East Tennessee State, and then they got like a week off, and they play Arkansas. Uh so when you look around, I was watching Alabama last night. <laughs> they just beat number one Houston Saturday. Uh, had a tough game. Houston well, against Memphis last night won that one. Alabama's good. Uh, Auburn's good, but not great. So they got you know, the West Division is loaded with really good teams, and L and LSU's got to deal with that. Mad Dog, appreciate your time as always. We won't talk to you next week because obviously you'll be enjoying your cruise, brother. Enjoy the little mini vacation. Enjoy being on the film set today. Try to behave yourself. I don't want to see your uh, I don't want to see your name in any headlines, my friend. I hope not. I hope not to say the say the line that when I was at SEC basketball tournament in Atlanta one time covering a game between Alabama and Mississippi State and sitting there next to courtside and the Mississippi State defender guarded the Alabama guard right in the middle of overtime said, Is that a tornado? Yeah, let's not hope that happens. Be safe out there, brother. Be safe. All right, man. See you. We got to take a timeout. More 
of RP3 and Company coming up here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Latest updates from the National Weather Service. Currently, right now, our area is under multiple watches and warnings. So as it stands right now, Acadia Parish, Cameron, Evangeline, Iberia, Jeff Davis, Lafayette, St. Landry, St. Martin, and more are currently under a tornado watch. There we also have a tornado warning for Calcasieu Parish and Jefferson Davis Parish. We also have a flash flood watch for multiple parishes throughout our area of all of Acadiana and all the way over to Lake Charles. We also have a flash flood warning in effect right now for Acadia Parish, Evangeline Parish, Jeff Davis, and St. Landry Parish. So please be careful out there today. If you're forced to be on the roads for work purposes, just make sure you're careful. Be mindful of your surroundings. Avoid low-lying areas with water. Avoid high water and take your time. No need to rush. Just make sure you're careful out there today as we all deal with severe weather here throughout southwest Louisiana. If you need a list for school closures, if you're still curious because you can't get in touch with school or you didn't get a notification, go to our website, 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com, and that'll give you the list of school closures by parish by parish. That'll do it for hour number two. Hour number three, we'll kick it off with Jay Walker, longtime voice of the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. That's next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything, everything. Everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Eight oh three on this Wednesday morning as we're all dealing with the severe weather that's coming throughout southwest Louisiana from Lake Charles all the way over to Baton Rouge. Just a reminder, the latest from the National Weather Service. We're currently in a tornado watch for the majority of the Acadiana area and all the way over to the Lake Charles area, greater Lake Charles area. We're talking Acadia Parish, Cameron, Evangeline, Iberia, Jeff Davis, Lafayette, St. Landry, and St. Martin. We have a tornado warning in effect right now for Calcasieu Parish and Jeff Davis Parish as well. There's also a flash flood warning in effect for Acadia Parish, Evangeline, Jeff Davis, and St. Landry. And we have a flood watch in effect until 1 p.m. That applies to Acadia Parish, Calcasieu, East Cameron, Evangeline, Iberia, Jeff Davis, Lafayette Parish, and more. So, look. Numerous school closures throughout the area, both public and private school. We've had some colleges shut down courses for today, forcing their employees to work remotely. Many city and municipalities have done the same thing. So if you don't need to be on the roads today, stay home, be safe, be mindful, be safe.
just be safe. That's the biggest thing. Two hours in the books here of RP3 and company. Coming up half an hour from right now, we'll talk New Orleans Saints with our buddy Andrew Juge of the Saints Half Hour Podcast. But right now it's time for us to talk Louisiana Raging Cajun Athletics. Man, the football team gearing up for a great opportunity in the Independence Bowl, a bowl game they've never played in, but they're going to a week from Friday. They're getting geared up for the University of Houston Cougars. And also, guess what? Early signing period recruiting, everything like that with Coach Dez. We talked to Coach Dez while he was boarding his flight yesterday <laughs> for, for a recruiting trip. While that's going on, the men's basketball team, sensational start to the season. They got a great game on the road this Thursday at the Legacy Center in Lake Charles against McNeese to give us his thoughts on all of that and so much more as our good friend Jay Walker, the longtime voice of the Raging Cajuns. Jay, good morning, bud. Hope you're being safe out there today, my friend. How are you? I'm uh, doing wonderfully, and uh, yes, I am, and it gives me a good excuse to not go to the office today. There it is, bud. There it is. All right, I want to talk about the men's basketball team first and foremost because I love what I've seen from this team. I know it's early. I understand that. But I love the level of play that Jordan Brown is bringing to this team, and I know Coach Marlin wasn't thrilled by the second team and how they kind of took their foot off the gas when they got into the game on Monday night against Louisiana Christian. But for the most part, this team has depth. This team is executing, rebounding, doing everything well. What stands out to you most of all to this great start to the season for Bob Marlin's bunch? Great chemistry. That That is the thing that sticks out to me. This team is together. This team genuinely cares about one another. This team roots for one another. Um, I, I just like the, the, the fact that they've got great chemistry and it's not something that you can necessarily see. Although if you look in the huddle during timeouts and you'll see the guys that aren't in the game, you know, everybody's got an arm around somebody. Um, that's the thing I like the most because I don't care how talented you, you are. I have seen very talented basketball teams fracture because they had bad chemistry yes sir so so the thing that i like the most about this team is they have great chemistry sure they're talented you know they got some guys who can flat out play when you've got inside guys like uh brown and lewis and you've got multiple outside shooters and a guy on the point who's good at distributing you're a good basketball team but you also have got to have great chemistry so far they've had that and they haven't even had Kobe Julian yet. Uh, and that's the other part of this is that their depth, and he's such a team-first guy as well, right? I mean, that young man's dealt with so much with his injuries in his career. He is a very unselfish player as well, and you're going to add him probably once conference play begins. So that's going to give you just another guy that can contribute. And you're right, the chemistry really stands out about this team You've seen it up close and personal, Jay, but chemistry doesn't happen overnight. This is something that Bob Marlin and his staff and these players, the older players in particular, really worked on team building in the offseason, isn't it? Uh, yeah, and, and, and you know, I go back to that trip to Puerto Rico that yep. they made because that enabled them to be by themselves, no distractions for about four days, and just work on each other that other teams didn't get to do in the month of July. So um, 
I think that helped them tremendously. Yeah, Kobe's about to come back. Uh, and one of the things I'm going to be looking at is how that affects chemistry, if at all. Because now there are going to be fewer minutes available because Kobe's going to eat some of those up. Now, I don't expect Kobe Julian to go out and play 30 minutes a game. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but, you know, it's, it's another piece to the puzzle coming in. It's also, you know, uh, um, another thing that Bob Marlin is going to have to, I, I'm not going to say worry about, because I don't think it's a worry, uh, that he's going to have to, to deal with as far as, okay, what's it going to do to the rotation? How, how is that going to affect other guys? And, I, you know, it is just something that's going to be different that they're going to have to deal with. I, I'm really not worried about it, to be honest with you, uh, because Kobe's a team first guy, and so are the rest of these guys. But it is going to make things a little bit different once Julian is ready and cleared to play. I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be an issue because of Kobe and because of this team and because you also have a veteran coach that knows how to handle these situations. Let's talk about the game on Thursday. And it's been a a, a one-sided rivalry for a while now. Uh, I want to say the Cajuns have won, what, six or seven straight in this rivalry series with their old I-10 foe, the McNeese Cowboys. But for those who are maybe new to the party, Jay, what does this rivalry mean between these two programs traditionally? Uh, You know, from a traditional standpoint, I think it does. You know, for people who are in um, an upper age group, that would be the the age group above you uh, and and around mine. You know, they still walk around saying, go to hell, McNeese. Um, But... You know, over the years, especially in the game of basketball, uh, the rivalry has not been um, what it used to be. Like back in the days when Joe Dumars was playing for McNeese, and they had some crazy games at both Blackham Coliseum and then over in Lake Charles uh, as well. And look, and and I know you got you know you got a Lake Charles signal, and I don't want to disparage anybody, but I'm going to be real. McNeese right now is not very good. Um, but having said that. You are on the road. You are going to face uh, a team that wants to beat you because they have been instructed as to what the history of this program is. And look, I've seen some pretty good Cajun teams go to Lake Charles and come back with a loss. Um, So I don't look at it quite um, like I do the UNO game from a couple of weeks ago because I don't think McNeese is as talented as New Orleans is, but you still got to go out and play. And, and you're, you know, one of the things that happened Monday night is you were 48 hours removed from dismantling a pretty good Sanford club. So I'm going to forgive them if they weren't able to give all of their all for 40 minutes against a, a totally um, un, outmanned team. But you got to be careful about this one. Um, because you've got Texas right around the corner. You can't look ahead. And, and you're going on the road. This is starting 8 out of 10 on the road for this team. And so it's an important game from that standpoint. And they need to treat it like it's an important game. And knowing what I'm hearing is that tickets are going to be at a discounted rate, like $5 tickets so they can pack the place for Thursday night's game. And I know it means more to the McNeese fans, right? I, I think it does. I think it means a little bit more to that community because UL is also where they want to be. 
in the grand scheme of things, right? They want their program to be more like what the Raging Cajuns have in all sports. So I, I think it's going to be a great environment, and I, I can't wait to, to be there to witness uh, those two teams kind of duke it out inside the Legacy Center on Thursday night. Let's switch over to football, Jay. Talking to Coach Dez briefly before he boarded his plane for some recruiting. Uh, th- this is an interesting time. He was very forthcoming when I asked him, you know, you're you dealing with guys that are preparing for the draft, which means they're opting out of the bowl game and, you know, everything like that. And you're having to deal with the transfer portal and recruiting and bowl prep. And he was like, look, we tell these guys, we tell these kids what the scouts tell us. We're very forthcoming with them. We're very honest with them. And if they decide, you know, not to be part of the bowl game, that's fine. We respect that decision. And we're going to find someone who's ready to step up in a big way. Uh, my question to you is, how big of a deal is it that Jefferson, Jones, and it looks like probably Chris Smith are not going to be playing in the bowl game against Houston? Well, you know, it, there's a loss of some talent there. Uh, you know, Michael Jefferson is, a, is an all-conference guy. Um, Andre Jones is an all-conference guy. And, and Chris Smith is, is part of a good running back rotation. So, you know, you're going to miss the talent. But at the same time, there's nobody who's not going through it, right? Correct. The, 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 the teams that aren't going through it are teams that are devoid of talent. And, and if you've got talent, then it, especially if you've got upperclassmen talent, then you've got guys who, you know, have advisors uh, who are going to advise them uh, to go ahead and skip the bowl game. And um, Jefferson and Jones shared the same advisor. And so it, it's, it's just a way of life now, and you have to anticipate it, and then you have to deal with it, and then you have to have the next man up mentality. You know, I, I, you know Michael Jefferson is their best receiver, but it's not like John Stevens doesn't have any talent, okay? And he'll move into the starting role at that particular uh, position. And, and the same is true defensively as well. And don't think Houston's not going through this. All right, now I don't have a list yet of their guys who are opting out, but I heard it's as many as seven. So i got to go and do a little more research there and talk to my sources in the Houston area uh, to find out what Cougars are, are not going to be a part of the bowl game. But just as the Cajuns are going to be missing some folks, Houston is too. Let's go play. Let's go play. And look, and I, I've said this before, and I, I said this throughout the season, I think you and I even had this conversation. You know, getting to the point of getting to a bowl game is going to be a, a, a great thing for this program and for Coach Des because he gets the extra practices. And I think I don't think people really understand that, Jay, of how key that is, especially for a guy coming off his first year because you get the extra time with your guys. You can develop guys even further. You can see what you have for the spring. And that gives you a, he- that gives you a leg up for the spring. I know we want to, you know, uh, poo-poo on the amount of bowl games that we have and the tiers of bowl games. But I'm telling you, I know this, and I know you know this, how important a bowl game is for a program like UL, especially with Coach Dez coming off his first season. You uh, you get two springs. Yeah. That's basically what you get. Uh, and so, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's a big deal. Now, you know, to the, to the folks who say that there are too many bowl games, my response is shut up. Okay? <laughs> if you... If you think that there are too many bowl games, pick the ones that you want to watch, watch those, and then shut up about the rest of them. 
Because let me tell you what's going to happen with the 41 bowl games that they have. Student athletes are going to be treated like celebrities for a few days, regardless of what bowl you play in. All right. They're going to be treated like celebrities. They're going to have nice things um, given to them. They're going to be rewarded for the type of season that they had. And it's going to be a wonderful experience for uh, 82 times uh, 75 student-athletes, some of whom have never gone through it and may never go through it again. So I don't want to hear about too many bowl games. Shut up. Don't watch the ones you don't want to watch. And let the teams that are in bowls enjoy the experience that they're going to have for their student-athletes. Because trust me when I say this, Every one of them is going to have a good experience. And for all of the sweat equity that they put into that particular program, they've earned that. So good for them. Let them enjoy that. Let the teams enjoy it. Let the fans of those schools enjoy it. And the rest of you go shut up. <laughs> I'll get you out of here with this. I love the saltiness, by the way. I always appreciate your honesty, too, Jay. Um you expect a pretty good crowd on hand, right? I, I keep hearing really positive things. I know it's the week of Christmas, but it's an afternoon game. You can drive up and drive back home the same day and still have the Christmas weekend. I'm hearing good things. I'm, I'm expecting a pretty good crowd for the Cajuns, right? You know, the, the Alumni Association is sponsoring a, a thing at a, a, at a, a place in uh, well, right across the river in Bossier. And, um, it's going to start at 6 o'clock on Thursday, and Coach Dez is going to be there. Um, I'll be there, too, uh, and we'll be talking. Um, I, you know, I hope we have um, a good representative crowd. Now, you know, all you got to do is look ahead to the weather forecast. Tradition is going to hold. It's going to be really cold at the Independence Bowl. That happens every year. Um, so, you know, all of that means is – you layer up and you go support your football team. You know, I, I, I don't, I, you know, I'm not going to buy from people. Well, it's going to be cold. You know, you ever, you ever attend football at Nebraska? Come on, <laughs> you know, layer up, go to the game, support your team. Hopefully, hopefully we'll have a good representative crowd, and I hope Houston brings a good crowd too. As someone who lived in the Midwest and went to University of Illinois football games in the fall, yeah, just layer up. That's all you got to do. That's it, baby. That's, that's, that's all you got to do. Jay, appreciate your time as always. I'll see you over at the Legacy Center uh, tomorrow night, but uh, be safe out there today, my friend. I, I will do it. Thanks for having me, Go Cajuns. It's Jay Walker, voice of the Raging Cajuns. My man says, suck it up, Buttercup. Layer up. You know what? If you're worried about being a little cold supporting the Cajuns, shout out, reach out. Miss Hannah Five Names, she's wearing a Be Extraordinary hooded sweatshirt. She is the hooded sweatshirt guru. She can help you find out where you need to go to get that hoodie so you can go support the Cajuns a week from Friday inside the Independence Bowl. Can you help out the people with that, Five Names? She's shaking her head yes while she scrolls through TikTok videos. <laughs> Hey, just a reminder that the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with tickets to a special sneak peek of the new Whitney Houston biopic, I Want to Dance with Somebody. That's right. You can see it before anyone else by simply texting Whitney 
to 68683. That's Whitney to 68683 to score a pair of tickets for a special sneak peek December 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. It's the I Want to Dance with Somebody sneak preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. We got to take a timeout. We give you the latest updates on the severe weather throughout Southwest Louisiana. That's coming up next right here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Want to join in the discussion with RP3? Then just give us a call on the hotline. You know the number. Two, four, niner, five, six, seven, eight. I can't hear you. You're trailing off. And did I catch a niner in there? Were you calling from a walkie-talkie? No need to be embarrassed. Just call us at 337-706-0111. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite offers the largest selection of granite, quartz, and marble in Acadiana, and they appreciate the opportunity to earn your business. As you've heard me tell you many times before, Chris and his team over at Lafayette Marble and Granite, they provide more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens, bathrooms, and man caves. LMG also now has an extensive selection of custom shower builds with their new line of grout-free showers. That's right, no muss, no fuss, and guess what? In a couple years, you don't worry, have to worry about that odor that comes with grout make sure to visit their website lmgelite.com to learn about all the sensational services and the tremendous products they have to offer live inventory is updated every single wednesday visit lmgelite.com that's lmgelite.com or stop by their soon to be renovated showroom actually it is renovated it's done it's in the books located right there on i-49 north across from hub city ford in the jockey lot Lafayette Marble and Granite, they're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Poll question of the day is our foodie poll question of the week. What's your go-to favorite holiday beverage? Is it hot cocoa? Is it hot cider? Is it eggnog with alcohol or not alcohol? Or is it other? We want to hear from you. Go vote on that and then leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. Latest updates from the National Weather Service concerning the severe weather that is blanketing southwest Louisiana all the way from Lake Charles to Baton Rouge and beyond. Right now, tornado watch is in effect for Acadia Parish, Cameron Parish, Evangeline Parish, Iberia, Jeff Davis, Lafayette, St. Landry, and St. Martin. We have currently a tornado warning in a place for Jefferson Davis Parish. We have a flash flood watch in effect for Acadia Parish, Calcasieu, East Cameron, Evangeline, Iberia, Jeff Davis, Lafayette Parish, and more. We have a flash flood warning, which of course is more severe than a watch. That's in place for Acadia Parish, Evangeline, Jeff Davis, and St. Landry Parish. Those are the latest updates for the severe weather pertaining to southwest Louisiana. Once again, multiple school closures in Acadiana all the way to Lake Charles. State offices have uh, closed up. Schools have closed, both private and public schools, as well as colleges. If you don't need to be on the roads today, stay off of them. Do the right thing. 
It's better to be safe than sorry. But if you are forced to be out on the roads because of your job, many of you that listen have to be on the roads for your job. Just be careful out there today. Be mindful of your surroundings. Avoid high water areas. Avoid anything that could put you in a bad situation. Take your time. You'll get there. No need to rush out there today while we all have to deal with the severe weather that is blanketing southwest Louisiana. we got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, it'll be time for us to talk New Orleans Saints football, and we'll do so with Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour podcast. He'll join us next to talk all things black and gold. That's right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros. Houdin is ready for Saints talk. They give to Camara, breaks through, spins at the two, into the end zone, touchdown! Time to talk Saints with the Big Easy Blitz here on RP3 and Company. Andrew Juge from the Saints Happy Hour podcast now joins us here on RP3 and Company for the Big Easy Blitz. Andrew, how you doing, bud? I'm good. Everything's good. Look, we're getting closer to the holidays here, getting closer to Christmas. <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. It's always a good time of year. You know, as you know, when you have little ones, uh, oh yeah, you know, you're, uh, you live vicariously through them at this point. And your little ones don't care about your fandom, by the way. <laughs> that's the other part of that right they're just like not even not even remotely yeah they're like why daddy why do you care about that let's 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 hang out let's play <laughs> they did do not care they do not care all right uh, where do i begin uh, where, where shall i begin uh, let's start with mark ingram because his career is over i think both of you and i would agree to that he was already on the backside uh, of the career and for it to end the way that it did, for him to now, we know, suffered an injury, which he didn't even tell us about in the postgame when he t- put the loss all on his shoulders. But we find out that the medical staff put him back into the game after withering in pain and that he may have injured his knee then or he at least injured it on the play. How are you going to remember Mark Ingram? Yeah, well, first of all, he, he's been dealing with a knee issue pretty much all season. And so, uh, you know, at the time when he went down, I assumed it was kind of an ag- aggravation of a pre-existing injury, which he's kind of been dealing with off and on all season. Um, but, uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't realize that it, it, he had aggravated it to a point where he was going to have to go on IR. And, and you know, look, we'll see. I, I definitely think it's time for the Saints to get younger at the position. And so – I tend to think that his time with the Saints is done, but, you know, who knows? I mean, he, he may decide, hey, I want to come back for another year. His contract is expiring, so um, I think odds are more likely than not that he won't be back with the Saints. And, you know, would he try to latch on somewhere else and continue his career? I, I'm really not sure. Uh, I remember at the beginning of the year, he said he felt like he still had a lot of juice left in the tank. And so I wouldn't be surprised to see him try to continue his career. Uh, if not with the Saints, maybe somewhere else. But at the end of the day, you know, Mark Ingram is the all-time leading rusher in Saints history. And, and I, I think it's tough sometimes when towards the back half of your career, the latter stages of your career, uh, you really struggle to make an impact. And I do think, unfortunately, Ingram has been more of a liability than an asset this year. Uh, but I, I don't think 
that he should that should be held against kind of his career with the Saints. And I, I remember this clearly with Marcus Colston. Uh, you know, Marcus Colston was a terrific Saint, an all-time Saint. And I think now that we've had some distance from his last season, really his last two seasons, uh, we kind of think back on him fondly. And I, I think that's kind of where we're at with Mark Ingram right now, where it, th- this is all very ple- present in our mind. And I think uh, there's maybe a tendency to judge him or be harsh with him based on the season that he just had. But I, I do think in the end, some space from it uh, will help us kind of gain the wider perspective, which is that he was a tremendous player for the Saints for a really long time. And uh, he's the leading rusher in franchise history for a reason. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, obviously it's too bad. It's sad to see guys kind of in the latter stages of their career falter and, and struggle. Uh, but that's where we're at with Ingram. And he, he had such an interesting career too, Andrew, right? I mean, first, the first couple of seasons, he was splitting carries and he couldn't catch the ball, right? And, and that kind of limited his playing time. And, and there were times early, those first couple of seasons, where he, kinda, he ran kind of scared, right? He, and it was kind of weird. You're like, this is a guy who was a bruiser at Alabama and now he's avoiding contact. Yeah. It took him a while to find a space and then he did. Became a pro bowler. And then... He gets paired up with Alvin Kamara and is humbled by that and takes it on. And, you know, it's boom and zoom. And they're having great postgame things. And he has the podcast with Cam Jordan. And I, I don't know. I think once some time is removed, we're going to look back and go, wow, Mark was really, really a really great player for this organization. And I guess that leads me to my next question. The guy that he was drafted with in the first round and one of his best friends is Cameron Jordan. What's the likelihood that this is the last season Cam is in the black and gold? Yeah, it's a good question. Yeah, I mean, you know, the one thing I would just close the book on Mark Ingram by saying that I probably missed out on uh, earlier is just from a personality standpoint. Uh, he's just a great guy to have around the locker room, yep. great with the media, great with interviews. And just like from a personality standpoint, that's probably what I'll miss the most because he is highly entertaining, a lot of fun. And, and you really said, I, I think back to like Devery Henderson. That's a player that I think about when I think about a player that came into the league with a very narrow skill set and really couldn't catch the ball. Uh, he was really just fast. That was really all he had. And over the course of his career, he developed his route tree. He became a very good blocker. He kind of shed that, uh, that kind of uh, – labeled of not being able to catch the ball he became very reliable with his hands and so you saw the transformation and and i feel like that's ingram a little bit like over the course of his career he became very good at catching the football he became an excellent blocker in pass protection uh and and he kind of shed that uh that label of just being an in-between the tackles pounder kind of guy and and so i he, he became a complete running back with the saints they could really do it all. A three-time Pro Bowler uh, and a very consistent player. So, uh, yeah, Mark Ingram will be missed, and, and uh, not just for on the field, but off the field, like I said, the personality stuff. And, yeah, speaking of personality, I mean, you can't get much more than Cam Jordan. Um, you know, selfishly, Raymond, I, I would love to see him end his career with the Saints. Um, and I, I don't know when that's going to be, but uh, I, I just feel like he's been such a pillar of this franchise he's been a face of the defense and and it would be really sad to see cam jordan play in another uniform but this is the business of the nfl and to some degree 
it all comes to a head when you have a veteran player who gets more expensive as the years go on and he starts to not live up to what he's making. Uh, now, in Cam Jordan's case in particular, he's never really broken the bank with the Saints. So he could have said, hey, make me the highest paid defensive end in the history of football. I think there was a couple times in the stages of negotiations or whatever where he could have asked for that. And he never did. He was always very reasonable about, look, I don't need to be the highest paid guy in my position. Just give me a reasonable contract and we're good here. And I, I think his approach has, has always been beneficial to the Saints, if we're being quite honest. And so it would be nice to see the Saints maybe do him a solid on the backside of his career, uh, be cognizant of that, and let him age gracefully. Now, look, I, I think they're at a point probably where the Saints would approach him and say, is there something we can do about your contract to make it a little bit more team-friendly? So, you know, I, I, I would expect the Saints to approach Cam Jordan with that this offseason. And, you know, sometimes we know that works out and he may be amenable to that. And sometimes the player says, no, I'm, I'm not – going to take any less than, than I deserve. And, and sometimes a team has to release a player. Uh, the, the way his contract is structured, they're kind of tied to him through free agency. So he won't be cut prior to free agency. Uh, that would create too much dead money. So if they wanted to get a bunch of financial relief from his contract, it wouldn't happen until after June 1st. Uh, and so you wouldn't get the, the benefit of a bunch of money opening up right when free agency starts. Uh, so for that reason, I think, you know, it, it, it may be that Cam Jordan and the Saints work something out. We'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully the Saints can approach him about a contract reduction and he's open to it. Your boy, your man, Dennis Allen, is sticking with Andy Dalton. And I actually understand why, okay, because he's connected to him now and you can't go back to Jameis. You, you just can't. At this point of the season, you just can't, right? You've made the decision that you believe Andy gives you the best chance of winning football games. You're not winning football games, but Andy is playing well enough to win. They just struggle in the red zone. They do a nice job between the 20s. They just can't, you know, get the job done inside the red zone. Does that tell you everything that you need to know that of the two quarterbacks who's going to be on the roster next season, that it's going to be Andy Dalton and it won't be Jameis Winston? Yeah, that, that's where I'm leaning. Yeah, um, I, I think when you look at the quarterbacks, uh, first of all, I, I wonder if the relationship with Dennis Allen and, and Jameis Winston is beyond repair. And uh, the Saints may have a choice to make for next season. If it, it's, it, may, it may be one of those things where it's one or the other. Uh, because I don't know that there's a scenario where Jameis Winston and Dennis Allen are both back together uh, on the Saints next season. And it may be that they get rid of both, honestly. Uh, but I, but I don't know that they'll keep both. So I, I don't know that that's, that's uh, now James Winston is under contract. So there is the potential that he could come back, but I think the saints would maybe explore uh, getting rid of him, getting a little bit of cap relief. And uh, I just don't see a path there. And so if you have made that conclusion and you're maybe playing around with the idea of, hey, let's draft a guy, in which case you may want to hang on to Andy Dalton, let him be your bridge quarterback while you develop this draft pick. Then you don't want to bench him. You don't want to put Jameis Winston in there because that's going to upset Andy Dalton. And if you're starting to have these visions of him maybe being your bridge guy next year, uh, then, yeah, you need to keep starting him. Um, and, look, I, I think right now the Saints aren't mathematically eliminated. I think you and I both see very clearly – 
that it's much more likely they won't win another game than it would be that they make the playoffs. But I think still you have to try. And until you're mathematically eliminated, you have to keep trying. And so at this point, I think it would be very hard for Jameis Winston to come in having been off for this long and, and play at a higher level than Andy Dalton, who is kind of in rhythm with the offense and you know, has, been, has been doing it. So uh, honestly, I think it's a tough decision, and I agree with you. I understand why at this point they would stick with Andy Dalton. But I am kind of curious to see if at some point if the Saints are eliminated, and that might be as soon as this Sunday, you know, after Sunday if they lose to the Falcons, at that point, is it worth maybe taking another look at Jameis Winston and just seeing what you have with him before the end of the season? Uh, I don't know that you can rule it out completely because if the Saints are eliminated, then it really becomes about player evaluation. And I'm just speaking for me personally. I wouldn't mind getting one more look at him before the year end. Sean Payton is going to have some options, I believe. I believe the Arizona job is going to be open. I don't know how good of a job that is now with Kyler Murray, uh, Murray shredding his knee and may not be available for a good portion of next season. But I think the Arizona job is going to be open. That could be appealing to Sean Payton. I think the Chargers job could be open if they don't make the playoffs. Indy could be a possibility. But there's also a distinct possibility that Sean Payton says, you know what, I'm not going to coach at all. Uh, I'm not going to coach again. Uh, I'm not going to go back into coaching. As it stands right now on December 14th, where do you stand on what you think is going to happen with Sean Payton? Well, I definitely think he's coming back in coaching, and I think he's coming back in coaching this coming season, um, So, or you know, next season. So I, I think the wheels are kind of in motion already there. If you, if you read the tea leaves, if you read the signs, uh, you know, he, he's gone on podcasts. He, he's done interviews where he's basically said, yeah, I've made no secret of this, and I'm looking to get back into the league. I'm interested in coaching, and, and he made the comment sooner than later. Uh, so I, I think those things are all kind of in motion already, and, you know, if you believe the rumors, he, he th there's information that's out there that he may even consider coming back to the Saints uh, if that job were to become available. Now, I don't know that I believe that. I, I don't know that, look, and never say never in the league and life happens fast and things change quickly in the NFL. But even if Dennis Allen were fired, I don't think it's so much that he wouldn't take Dennis Allen's job. It's that he left the Saints for a reason. And I think he's looking for a fresh start and a change. And, and honestly, if you look at the Saints cap situation, and you look at their roster, that's probably not the most appealing job to a guy that, in my opinion, is going to be the hottest name on the market, that's going to have his pick of the litter, that's going to have his choice of where he wants to go. Uh, assuming, of course, that th this team would meet the the comp that Mickey Loomis is looking for in terms of the trade. So, uh, look, I, I think Sean Payton, it's really unlikely that he would come back to the Saints. And I, I do think that we'll find out where he's going to go really soon here. Uh, you know, maybe as soon as middle January, uh, and we'll find out right along with that what the Saints draft comp is going to be for trading him. So I think this all comes to a head pretty quickly. And uh, all those jobs that you mentioned, I, I think there'll be a mystery job that pops up. There always is. I have one uh, for you, Andrew. I don't want to throw it ahead. your way. Yeah. A team that's going to have a stockpile of picks this season, next season, the season after, the Houston Texans. Yeah, I, I was going to mention Denver. I was going to mention Dallas if they have a wild card playoff round exit. Uh, I, I do think Mike McCarthy would be fired in that scenario. But uh, you know, if I'm Houston, and, and I think Houston probably qualifies as a place culture-wise that Sean Payton would never go to. 
Uh, I, I just think it's Sean Payton has said this, that he's not so much worried about the quarterback. He's not so much. He, he really wants a place where it's about the relationships and it's about being in an environment that is set up to win based on a good culture. And the culture in, in Houston is about as bad as it gets. But I think the prospect of living in Texas is appealing to mm-hmm. Sean Payton, number one. And number two, let's not pretend that it's not all about money. And if I'm the Texans, I'm so desperate to build a winner because, I mean, if you look at the fans that they're getting in that stadium right now, it's pathetic. I back up the truck. I give Sean Payton a percentage ownership of the team if I have to. I offer him whatever it takes to get him. And if I'm, if I'm the Texans, that's what I would do. And I believe at some point there there is a number – we're shy. I don't know what it is in four years, 125 million. There is a number we're talking wide receiver, top wide receiver type money, but there is a number where I think Sean Payton would consider it. If I'm, if I'm the Texans, I'm making that off. And you're going to put butts in the seats because Sean is dynamic and he has the Super Bowl victory on the resume. You understand what he's going to do offensively. And it would be a clean slate for him to build it from scratch because they're going to have the number one overall pick. So, and the Saints would probably wouldn't mind that as well because they would get, you know, some good draft compensation as well. Denver's intriguing as well, but man, Russell Wilson looks washed. So that's going to be a big rebuild too up in the Mile High City. But Dallas is always going to be the contender, Andrew. You're, You're not wrong there, especially if they flame out and Jerry Jones gets to have finally get to hire his man crush and Sean Payton. Uh, even though I don't know if Sean would take all the meddling that Jerry Jones loves to do. Like, I just don't know if Sean, at this point in his career, is going to be able to put up with that mess, especially knowing how much he tried to meddle with his mentor, Bill Parcells. Yeah, you know, listen, I think they have a good relationship, and so I think Jerry Jones would listen to Sean Payton. So it it, it could work, but I I just think a Dallas Cowboy – I know Saints fans hate the Cowboys, so they're going to root for this anyway. (laughs) But – I think a first-round playoff exit by the Cowboys is the best-case scenario for Saints fans because when you look at Jerry Jones, we know he's going to be interested. We know that if Dallas exits the playoffs in the first round again, that Mike McCarthy is going to be on the hot seat. And if Jerry Jones believes he can go get Sean Payton, whether he gets him or not, I believe that starts a bidding war for Sean Payton, at which point all these teams that we've mentioned – Dallas moves up to the top of the list, and these other teams that are interested are going to feel like they have to one-up Dallas, both in terms of the comp they're offering the Saints and the financial guarantees they're offering Sean Payton. And I think that's a situation where uh, it can only benefit Mickey Loomis and the Saints. So you're rooting for Dallas for multiple reasons. You're rooting for the Cowboys to flame out in epic fashion. And lose to the Carolina Panthers in the wildcard round. (laughs) (laughs) Andrew, appreciate your time, bud. Yeah, anytime. Uh, Sam Darnold, playoff winner. That's that's not something I had on my uh, bingo card. No, season, so no. We'll, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of things we didn't have on our bingo card. Thank you, bud. Anytime. Thanks, Aaron. Oh, man. Hey, just a reminder. Saints may not be good, but the Pelicans are. And NBA fans, New Orleans Pelicans fans, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NBA this holiday season. I love those player prop options like double doubles who's going to score the first bucket who's going to score more than 30 points 
you always have a diversity there with those player prop bets, and that's what makes the game inside the game even more interesting for yours truly. And right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving Louisiana NBA fans a special gift. For a limited time, you can get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Check it out. Everyone can earn a no-sweat bet with DraftKings Sportsbook. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in under the Promos tab, and place an eligible bet of your choice on a New Orleans game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get your money back in a free bet. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. New customers can sign up with promo code 1037GAME and get a no-sweat bet on every New Orleans Pelicans game this December. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app and opt in today to receive this limited-time offer only at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We're going to take a timeout. We'll wrap up today's show, get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. It's all next right here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Oh, I want to take a moment to thank our guest, Ron Higgins from Tiger Details, Jay Walker with the Louisiana Raging Cajuns, Andrew Juge of the Saints Happy Hour Podcast. Just a reminder tonight, McNeese Coaches Show live from Maplewood Burgers. Jim Guzzolo will be talking with McNeese head men's basketball coach John Aiken, as well as our very own Kevin Foote will be joining Jim tonight on the McNeese Coaches Show, so tune into that starting at 6 o'clock. Final results of the poll question of the day, winning the foodie poll question of the week with 35% of the vote. Hot cocoa as the favorite Christmas drink, beating out eggnog and hot cider and other. Thanks to all who voted on that on today's show. For Miss Hannah Five Names and Moses Campos, I'm Raymond Parch III. That'll do it for us. Make sure to be safe out there today with all the severe weather. Keep tuning in to 1037thegame.com and 1041thegame.com for updates about weather and school closures. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another.